Go. Yeah. Free wings and chips. In back again. <laughs> back again. Uh, in what should only be described as the bando with the food <laughs> baby. Shout out. Are we, are we going straight in? Yeah, I'll, I'll, there's no rules for me. We're going straight in. I need to introduce our guest first, you know. I'm going to let him introduce himself, obviously. Um, share, share yourself to the world, fam. Yeah, um, my name is Daniel. I'm one of Asif's friends, I guess. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, we are. Hey, really. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Jeez, man. I came for a, came for a job interview with that. <laughs> Yeah, but what am I meant to say? Like, am I meant to give my shoe size? My, I don't know what you want. Like, I thought you were going to drop your qualifications. I feel like I might say something incriminating on here, so I'm just leaving it first name basis. That's it. <laughs> Call himself Dan. Next thing to say, uh, I, I thought I'm not gonna lie, I thought he was gonna start saying two truths and a lie. Obviously, um, I, I said something about that journalist and that. That pissed him off. That pissed my guy off. So obviously, don't let the don't let the the right wing, um, don't let the flipping libertarians ever convince you that at free wings and chips we suppress freedom of speech. We're all about it. Never speech, fam. Freedom to do anything, fam. You get me? Anyone's allowed. Anyone's allowed on the show. Even anyone, Tories. especially the Tories, especially Boris Johnson. Wait, are you guys trying to imply that I'm Tory already? No. 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 <laughs> I thought this is like... <laughs> Unless you want to confess to something. Unless you want something to say. No. Unless no. you've got something to confess to. Confess? Nah, no, bro. Clean conscience. <laughs> say no more. Talking about Tories, what'd you get if you mix the Tory and the Bando? Bando, Bando baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Four twenty Bando baby. Specifically. As a unit of measurement, it goes in 420 Bando babies. The conservative bundle. I don't even know where to start with that, you know. No, I don't know. Why don't I explain to the people that I might be a bit baffed about, you know, All right. what's going on? During the week, during the week, people on Twitter discovered um, Michael Goh's daughter's TikTok account, who was aptly named 420 Bando Baby, after the Bando Baby 29 Young Ads and the 420 Weed Celebration. Yeah. So when those two come... To... <laughs> I can't even do a straight face, but essentially, yeah. So she's, she's got a TikTok account where she is essentially, I guess, a pothead slash TikToker talking about weed all the time. And it was just ironic because the moment everyone found out, she locked it off ASAP Rocky. Like literally within an hour of people finding out, everything was gone. I heard they like, created the uh, TikTok account to someone else after that as well. They tried to like pretend it was someone else's. Is it? It's it forever. No, nah, but I think it's just it's just I feel like whenever you catch people cosplaying as working class people, it's always hilarious because it's just so bait that they don't know what they're talking about because <laughs> they literally just shove in every little every slang word they've ever heard. No, no one's there. Like. <laughs> you, there's probably a website out there for this one. UK slang generator. <laughs> I'm going an urban dictionary and uh, just looking at bare different words, making different combinations. Like, yeah, Lip Peng, Lip Peng Peak. <laughs> new TikTok. New trust TikTok. me, trust me, getting passed and it ain't a football. <laughs> Tony's getting mad vexed, you know. Tony's <laughs> getting mad vexed. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, but I feel like it's not even that. I feel like it's more of an image thing where they just want the image of fitting in the, I guess the exterior of looking like you're from from a certain demographic yeah. and the culture and all that kind of stuff. When it's you, ba- you always stand out because it's like, firstly, it's always overdone. So it's like no one, no one wears a head to toe tracksuit, color coordinated with the trainers, and has got their hair clipped. Like it just, no one does that around internet. Like, no one, no one's dressing like that. I think I think the quality of someone's like skin fade is always a good. It's a good tell from where they're from as well. You know what I mean? Like if you've got that block skin fade, it's like, nah, bro, you're not from around here. You're not from around here. Or if you've got like a them top knot things that they have, what are they called? I don't remember what they're called. Is it a man bun? Man bun. Oh uh, yeah, that's it. Haven't you got them, Asif? No, nah, listen, they, it's, it's, a, it's a private matter. Isn't it? It's, uh, it's a, you're lucky it's not a visual podcast. At the, at the moment, at the moment, uh, obviously the barber situation is a bit mad because of the quarantine. But any kind, any kind of man bun I grow or do not grow right now has to be taken in context. 
in, in a non-social distancing setting, I want to confirm that I don't have a man bun. That's a full disclaimer. It's different world out here. It's new rules, man. I can go jogging. Boy, don't you think it's mad? Like how, like how our entire existence now is like a virtual as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously you're talking about like the way people dress and like the way they kind of present themselves. Um, I think like the way people are presenting themselves virtually now is is pretty interesting as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like everyone wants to show they're like working. Literally, people would just pretend like you know you know what it is like. As much as we're joking, it's bare. It's a bit of a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Because like she can pretend to be a certain type of person and get away with it, and then when she decides not to, it's all gone forever. But if you're like a little like a young kid from the ends, with mm. extra police, you know, patrolling over-policing, over-stop and searching, and you get caught with the exact same thing, unfortunately, you're in a lot more trouble. So it's a bit... Yeah, it's like even Miley Cyrus, like, you know, she was like, she was on this Hannah Montana thing, yeah? Like, Nashville, you know, singing. Yeah, country music. Yeah. Best of both worlds in that. That's it, like, there's no... There's no repercussions to living this life. And that's the point. Like you can come down to, you can come down to London and live your struggling life in your tracksuit. And like, yeah, I'm like, you're forcing yourself into poverty for whatever reason you choose. But as soon as that coronavirus hits, you're back up to Salisbury. You're back up to Salisbury with mommy and daddy. Do you know what I mean? It's all just playing pretend. On a side note, I ordered, uh, you know, the book I ordered, Exit West for Book Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It went down and I'm not going to like bait out too much, but it went to a neighbor's house. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, ironic thing is the neighbours are gentrifiers, so the house is empty. They've all gone up to live with their parents back in the Shire, <laughs> so I can't get the book. <laughs> well, like, I can see, you know what it is, like, I'm flipping Bro, don't do that don't do that I have it to them, I knock on the door, no one's home, and I'm like, oh shit, like, there's four of you with four different families, every single person's gone home to mummy and daddy. You know what? <laughs> Of course, the com- the comfort. I'm sure the houses up there are nice as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, why? I don't. Anything they'd be stupid not to. Do you know what I mean? Why would you stay in London? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, like even yeah, as I was saying, you know, like Maddie Cyrus, yeah, she was doing this thing in the most blatant one, like in America, a bit different to here. But after after she was singing about like Delaware and shit like that, and you know Tennessee and that, yeah. jumped on. She cut her hair, and then she was like, she made an album called Bangers. She approached oh, it, she started doing the dances that she didn't know how to do, and like it was just <laughs> bit, like, made millions of it. You know what I'm saying? Just stay doing things. Them quirky, I've ever seen in my life. But they, but they always do that, though, isn't it? That's always. I feel like that's it's very prominent, especially in the music, where you get you get like a pop star, and then she wants, I guess, urban or like, rap. A rapper on the tune to get to get that sort of fan base on board. Hundred percent, man. Immediately, the moment that's done, the numbers they need or it hasn't the numbers they need, it's straight back to like making proper gentrified cheesy that, pop music. That's exactly what happened though, because she released that year, made a lot of money, got a lot of like you know shock factor attention, and then the very next one was like, oh, I don't really like hip hop anymore, you know. <laughs> like yeah, about flipping Alabama and that again. I'm like, you should have stuck to Alabama. Yeah, but I think that's the things you were saying earlier. It's like, it is a kick to the teeth because, like, 420 Bander Baby is out here in her tracksuit posting up on ends, but then she's not ducking and diving behind McDonald's Stratford when you see Bear Man there chasing yeah, yeah. you. Like, she's not there in it. She's not on the front line. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The lived experiences to make someone's, to make someone's like, um, identity actually genuine, like, just aren't there. Like, there's nothing there. It's all facade. 100%. And what's worse is, like, this isn't even just, like, a normal gentrifier. It's not, like, some normal middle class whoever from wherever who's just gonna do pretend for a while and leave this is like a, a daughter of a politician who pushes polish policies that punish people for like the sort of thing that you, so she can post this thing on the she can post this thing on uh tiktok i don't even know what TikTok is. i'm too old for that i can't lie but this social media she can post a picture of it and the exact same thing if someone else from maybe where the, where us lot are from or something like that, or gets caught with something like that, all of a sudden it's a big problem. Whereas no, not the big problem was by her dad, not just her dad, but you know, the kind of the political class that her dad's part of. 
100, 100. You know, you know it's, like, it's all like, the way it's been like reported, it's all kind of like, it's all a big joke, do you know what I mean? It's all like sweeped under the rug as well. Like, bro, we, no one will talk about this in two months' time, three months' time, do you know what I mean? It, no, no one's reported it, no one's even reported it. And she can move past it as well. Like, she'll go to, I don't know how old she is, but I'm sure she'll like, she'll go to university and like, no one will even talk about it, do you know what I mean? It won't even be a thing. Like, and it's just like the ease at which people can like attempt to pick up and put down a, a lifestyle is quite weird. I think the annoying thing is the hypocrisy of it, though, because you have someone like Diane Abbott who gets her life gets torn apart every single whatever she does. There's always something on the, in the headlines. And then I remember, I remember it was like a few years ago, there's something about her son mm. and the people get onto her because she sent her son to private school. Mm. Literally, her, they get onto her son for existing, nothing else. The fact that she chose to send her son to private school. It's obviously I'm not even like the kind of person that really agrees with private schools, but the fact that you can rip into him for going to a private school just for going to a private school nothing else front page everything imagine it was diane abbott's son or dawn butler's son who was posting that and i can't lie i don't think diane abbott or dawn butler's son would call themselves 420 bando baby like i want to i want to have like the best image of themselves in my head for the minute so whatever it was, imagine it was to post the same thing do you not think son the mill the this the that everything should be told you have to resign you got to do this you got to do that Whereas Michael Gove, really and truly, this was just a Twitter joke for a week. Mm. Yeah. That was the extent of it. Like no, no media publication picked it up. Yeah. And they pick up everything. That's the thing that's worse about it. They literally pick up. The other day, they picked up the fact that, like, um, I think it was a few, a few footballers at like Rashford and uh, Sancho were on Tory Lane's Instagram Live. Like, that was a story. Yeah. That they ran. A st- but this isn't a story. Laughing. Like, don't even who cares? Yeah, literally, who cares that, uh, <laughs> that they're on Insta Live alongside 130,000 other people? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I get, but there was there was more than that. Though. I felt a lot of people on Twitter also were saying that I think because I think she is under eighteen. Though. I think she's like seventeen. Mm-hmm. And people were saying that oh, you should have empathy. We shouldn't be mocking her. We shouldn't even be talking about this because she's a child. But then it's I don't know. I find that raises a whole different question in terms of like a lot of people are saying that you can't really give empathy for those who would never afford you. You know this the same thing, and they were pointing at the fact that Diane Abbott's son was literally just slaughtered and put on the front page for existing. So I don't know, I think that's, that's something, another interesting topic to the fact that, you know, yeah. how much of this can you actually get onto her? Because she is, she's under like, the end of it. Jokes aside, like, she is just a kid in it. But again, like, it's more the hypocrisy of it that this is just a kid, but a 17-year-old, like, uh, like a 17-year-old McCullough. from wherever yeah. isn't seen as just a kid. And you know when, like, Obviously, like you know, that's bait, and anyone that knows about this sort of thing, when they see that, you're like, you just get bitter. It's natural, unfortunately. You just get bitter because you're right; it's just a kid. But come on, man! Like, so is all the other kids. Do you know, her, her dad's the real mug, though, isn't it? Because her dad's the one who's pushing pushing hard to criminalize drug use when his own daughter's on TikTok out here just talking about how she's bunning up. Bro, he admitted to like taking coke bare times. So, like, it's not even just his daughter. Like, he can admit. We're saying it's a family thing, all in it together. He can admit to snorting coke, yeah? <laughs> At a dinner table. <laughs> Pulling out a bare Tupperware. Oh, I just left off last night. <laughs> Talking about who they pick off, isn't it? What'd you pick, who'd you pick off today? Did you pick off a uh, sniper, yeah? <laughs> Young Sparks. <laughs> Young Sparks, yeah. <laughs> that is no jokes, man. Oh, but yeah, imagine, like, the people that deliver to them. They, them same people get caught looking at years in prison but when it gets to you you, store it, you can admit to it on live TV and nothing happens Joking. if they said to you like there was that thing going around a few weeks ago and it was like, oh yeah they'll pay you three bags to basically expose yourself to the virus for three weeks and then they'll and then they'll um, yeah they'll pay you three bags basically and they'll give you this drug and stuff would you, you do it? no 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 I'm good you know three bags that's practice nothing yet. That's three months' wages, isn't it? But if I die three months yeah, early, like a week. yeah, well, obviously it. if you die a week. But obviously, like, also there's like the fifty percent chance they give you the placebo as well. You know, ah, uh, can I ask for the placebo specifically? No, obviously not. No, that's not how it works. Bro. You stu- you literally studied this. When I chat to like trainee doctors, I'm always like, I'm actually shook. This guy's going to be treating me in however many years. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm a little bit offended by that because everyone's always saying 
swimming with that little headband on, bro. If I was like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling quite vulnerable, I'm quite sick, and you rock up with that Nadal headband, I'm feeling away. <laughs> I'm feeling away straight away. Whoa. It's not as if I wear a headband on a regular. My barber's, every barber is closed. What do you want me to do, fam? It's different rules. Cut, cut it all off, innit? Cut it all off. No. Go bold. It's easy for you, man. Now do it for the NHS. <laughs> do it for the NHS. And give my head. Go bold. <laughs> now listen, like, I'll, I already said it. I said to Daniel as well, I'll go bold if he goes bold. The very second I see a picture of him with no hair, head shaved off, I'll do it. I'm not going, I'm not going first. Are you mad? I'm a, I'm a white Muslim with a ginger beard and a gold tooth and you want me to go bald? Yeah, you're, you're, you're violated still. That is literally like, that is problems right there. I know you've been listening to that. You'll be a bold white Muslim with a ginger beard and a gold tooth. I saw the guy from Paul Lyons. Was like, <laughs> no. Bold with a ginger beard. <laughs> He's trying to set you up. No, <laughs> listen, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you'll be fine, man. Nah. You'll be fine. Good. Listen, if you keep letting your hair grow out too much, you're going to end up looking like a forest in there. Bro, you see what my hair looks like when it grows long as well. Them flipping them ginger curls are actually a, actually a bit of a myth. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to beat that up, aren't I? Yeah. Shave yours, not shave, man. And I guarantee you, I'll look 100 times funnier. You know, I've got a square head, like fully squared off head. I remember when you used to get shape ups. You were looking mad. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Bro, I've recently started following this guy on Instagram, innit? And I've been scrolling through his photos. I'm like, who am I looking at? Who is this little boy? Like, it was actually mad. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> the, best stuff, the, best, the best stuff's not even on there. The best stuff's on Facebook. Oh, is it? I archived all hey, that. Send me that. I need to do that. But listen, like... No, listen. All I'm saying right now is... What we can prove is that if both of us shave our heads, I'll come out a bit worse. All I'm asking for you to do is do it first and I'll still do it. That's all I'm asking. I am never shaving my head. Neither am I. Right, come. Conversation over. Keep that headband. Or is it a headband? I remember. <laughs> I don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. Yes, I might have bought a waist trainer by accident, thinking it was a resistance I've got my Let's money go. back. I don't take L. You to become like an Instagram model out here. I don't take I sent him the link for a band, didn't it? And this guy's trying to be all like Gujarati and trying to save a bit of money. And then he's like, and I said, he had to find his own one, didn't it? And then he's like, how many weeks out it come? He's like, bro, I ordered a waist trainer, didn't it? Did you see your mum picked it up as well? Like, asking bare questions, like, what is going on here? Mum's got a corset. <laughs> 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 looking, looking like one of the Instagram bad guys. <laughs> selfies in the mirror. <laughs> You're moving, Matt. And on Tory Lane's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine radio. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> You're moving, Matt. Now listen, you can, oh. you can cost me if you want, but ultimately, I returned it, got my money back. It was it's a part of my life that I don't, you know, want to relive. All I'm saying is the, the next goal I've got to redact is getting into this gentrified neighbor's house. I swear to you, I'm trying to read this book. I'm so Actually, bored. I'm trying to read this book. Don't do it, bro. Don't do it. You're learning it. Throw it back to 05. Kick down the door. Not, no one's in the house. No one's in the house. They're in the shires. Bro, are you trying to go to jail? <laughs> no, because if feds come, I'll be like, listen, this for me. It's got my name on it. It's my post. I'm just getting my post. It matter, what you say. That's not it's illegal to get my post. Right? house in in east london like come on bro yeah but my own house is just upstairs so you know i'm not doing anything dodgy like i'm not gonna do anything dodgy in my own house i know everyone in this block as well like all, all the families know each other so obviously i'm not doing anything dodgy that's what pissed me off you know because all the families that like or people that grew up here know each other but the yeah. is they keep to themselves so if it was anyone else i could literally message and be like listen like can I come around and get the book while you're away? And they just say yes. Yeah. But because it's someone that no one knows and they don't flipping come out and talk to anyone. Obviously, shook, it? Yeah. What are you to be scared about? I just want my book. I'm not a bad guy. I just want my book. <laughs> Order another one, big man. Order another one. 
Hey, Abdi, have you ordered yours? Yeah, I got mine still. Can, when you're done, can you post it to me? Yeah, I'll, yeah, just, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll think it. I'll I need it for two people still. Ah, cool. Then you, how are you going to drop off? To, how are you going to post to, to post it afterwards as well? Yeah. All right. Works out now, isn't it? Because that's one book between four men. It's a bit mad. Work <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, just read every third letter. <laughs> well, how about read a chapter each? <laughs> no, listen, if we're sharing it between four men, everyone read a quarter of the book and all our contributions will come from that particular side. <laughs> Not one chapter. We have our own mini book club, get a full <laughs> book, and when the main thing comes, we're all ready. Anymore. That's, actually, that's actually a shout because I can't lie like I'm not trying to pay £10 and I can't if I'm being honest like, I'm just going to be honest here because obviously I trust mm. you man isn't it yeah I already peeked through the letterbox I can see it on the floor but my hand <laughs> don't reach it I listen you need to get one of them just get like a get a bunch of coat hangers get a, get a bunch of coat hangers yeah exactly tie them all together put out. Put like a uh, duct tape on the end like make the end flat put duct tape on it put it through and you can put it on the book and bring it up or if you put two coat it. hangers, huh? You've done it before, isn't it? Uh, no. So then, <laughs> two, yeah, put two coat hangers together and make the end flat. Duct tape on, lower it down, pull it up. Calm. Trust me. I can't lie to you. If you leave your yard with that, yeah, you're looking. Wallahi, you look like a criminal. <laughs> you're looking like a criminal. Yeah, anyway, I'm only going downstairs. That's, That's me. Still look like a criminal. Uh, All my neighbours, yeah. I've been, I've lived in this place with this house for like fifteen years. Everyone there, like that, lives in the, on that side of the road, knows my face, knows my brother's face, mom's face, dad's face. If my neighbors see me with that, they won't. Say, I'm, like, I'm a good guy. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what I do. Everyone knows I'm a good guy. They know I'm not anything dumb. If my, if the person's next door neighbor sees me, even if I wear a belly, they'll be like, "All right, Asif, how you doing?" <laughs> it's, it's, it's a risk-free strategy, isn't it? Is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, community right there. You know? That's community. They say community's dead. That's that's nice. Yeah. No, I can't lie, like, in, in the building that I live in is a, is a nice community. There's a certain man are going home to the Shires, they're not contributing to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I feel like it kind of leads on to the next topic of conversation, which is the media itself, which I feel like me and Daniel had a conversation about the other day, which I want to bring to light, which is, you know, like how much the media is complicit in how, like, you know, the mismatch of information we get and whether or not you can really blanket everything as the media rather than specific versions of it. So, yeah, man, if you want to give it a go, Daniel. Yeah, I case. think it's interesting. I just feel like, I feel like the way we kind of, like, talk about the media um, shouldn't be, like, so simple because then it, I feel like it kind of, it does, like, it limits our understanding of what the media is and like the, the role it plays in our lives. Um, and because it is like, it is like so multifaceted, like there, there are so many levels to it and, and, and what it's going to do to us. So I feel like we should try and understand it in its, its entirety. But I also think we should start to look at it in a different way. And I said this to Asif before, like, I don't think we should look at the news. And when I say the news, I mean like, like mainstream outlets as kind of like news givers, um, as like, oh, they're giving us up to date like current news it's it's not really like that it's just about kind of like it's about like satisfying it's about satisfying the people that are already reading your news do you know what i mean it's like it's about it's about um information given that already kind of reaffirms what people believe and it's like it's all about like kind of like taste you know what i mean it's like hey look i want to if i if i fancy like wherever some like jollof i'm going to go to a nigerian restaurant if i fancy some like curry wherever i'm going to go to indian restaurant do you know what i mean and it's like it's the same thing in in the media as well people always people always search out what they already believe and what they already want um as opposed to something that's new is going to challenge them and it kind of like it puts people kind of like in this like self-perpetuating like whirlpool where you're never gonna challenge what you already think and and i and i said to asif like i think i think that kind of stems from it doesn't stem from the media in itself it stems from like maybe like your, your childhood or, or the things you learn from your peers or your school or whatever, and it's like the kind of when you think about the monarchy, or you think about the queen, and like the telegraph, the telegraph's always like posting stuff about the queen, and like I think today they posted something about about oh, it's the first time there's not going to be like a, a gun gunshot salute or something in however many years for her birthday, <laughs> and it's like are you flipping kidding me? Do you know what I mean? Like who actually cares about that? 
But at the same time, it's like these kids that went to school in like them shires you're talking about. That's 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 who cares about that. I mean, that's those are the things that they want to hear about. Whereas if you want to read about some sort of like kind of like the government admitting fault or, or where the government have gone wrong or whatever, you're going to read the Guardian. Do you know what I mean? It's like and it's like the language they use is very much kind of like indicative of the people that read those papers as well. And so it's kind of just like an extension of like, and when you think about who market, who like kind of like who funds these newspapers, because newspapers now have like just kind of like gone to the ground in terms of like staffing and things like that. And it's like, when you, when you think about who's funding, it's, it's, it's these like marketing companies, you know what I mean? And, and, and news is kind of an extension of marketing now, like, because you're not going to get marketing money. You're going to pay your staff and they should produce in the stories that have the most like attention and the most clicks and the most reads. So it's always in your interest to to post what your readers want to read and so it's kind of like this little like kind of like perpetual like kind of like circle of like i was always going to go on that you're always going to keep reproducing what they want to hear because if you ever do anything other than that you're going you're going to be out of a job and like who 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 in their right mind is going to be like oh, i'm a journalist at the daily mail who's going to be like i'm going to do this story about like the struggling like the vulnerable in south asia and their and their jobs um um, during during isolation and quarantine and, and COVID nineteen or whatever, I didn't, they, they don't want to read that. So so why am I going to post it? Because now I'll be out of a job. Do you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like I feel like the way we should look at it is kind of like shouldn't just be as oh look they have this role in society. This is what they do as if they're some sort of like collective entity with of like single thought when it's just not that uh, simple. I don't think. But do you not think it's on the journalists themselves to? I don't know, I guess an integrity standpoint to want to deliver the truth. Hmm. 100% it is. And, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm with you there. Like, I want to hear the truth or whatever that truth is. You know what I mean, everyone has a different truth. And I think truths can be like opposing and also both be true at the same time. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't always work in, yeah. in such a, like a simple or binary way. And, but again, like I go back to like journalism isn't, isn't an overly like, fruitful career to have do you know what i mean in, in terms of like money you're not gonna you look at starting journalism starting journalists in in london um and you're looking at like 19k do you know what i mean who lives on in london 19k like you're struggling you're struggling yes. in that sense obviously when you're kind of editor or sub editor or whatever you're earning a bit more money um but majority of journalists earn and dead money dead money and so why are you ever going to put your job in jeopardy um to 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 appease like the kind of the moral side of you like i just I think to be a to be a journalist, you kind of you kind of have to get rid of that that I don't know. I feel like it, that might be a generalization, but to kind of like get rid of that kind of like moral side of yourself, and you, and you can't be overly moral. I get what because mm. because it's, it's you're put in a difficult position, huh? You're put in a difficult position because ultimately, yeah. If you, if you if you go against the grain, you're out of a job and ultimately probably a career as well. Hundred percent, bro. Like like you like you. If you start your own, if you start your own, like say say like Abdi, you're you're like the best journalist. Like your writing style is just amazing. Like your your mm. everything you write is just gold. Do you know what I mean? But you only speak yes, the moral. Uh, bro, trust me. You only speak the moral truth. Do you know what I mean? Like your your truth and and the truth of of maybe the masses or whatever. Like. I don't think you're going to have a job. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're not. Yeah, no. Yeah, your 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 pages aren't going to be oversubscribed. And like I was, I was having a conversation with someone earlier today as well. And when I was talking about like um, I when I used to live in Finland and we used to look at like the news in Finland and stuff, and it was so dry, like so dry. No one wanted to read it. No, because it was all like the truth. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. theatrical. It wasn't like it didn't have all this drama behind it. It didn't have all like kind of winners and losers and like opposing thought. It was. The truth in it is, oh, let's just let's just get the truth and let, let's let's do everything. That's, let's do the thing that's right for everyone and, and whatever. It was just a bit boring. Like no one wanted to read it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like people want to people want to see like a Ukrainian like politician getting one banged. Do you know what I mean? Like that video. <laughs> that video. That video. It was jokes, bro. There's like a fight yeah, in, like, in the government, or whatever. It's jokes. But do you know what I mean? And that's and that's kind of like that kind of leads back to like what we want as like as as consumers of news and information we want that drama we want that and that's why people like politics you know i mean that's why as much as like me and you both all all three of us bitch about about politics and and whatever opposing political or 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 not ideas that we have we want that drama do you know what i mean we want that we want that juiciness because it it kind of like sustains our interest i feel like and so it's just like there's just a lot to it do you know what i mean And, and and it's like I feel like your actual political ideologies often fall by the wayside. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's the same in general. But I feel like, you know what you were saying about how 
especially like journalists that are starting out when they're trying to make it in that particular world, mm. to what extent would you say they're, 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 they're either a part of that or they're passive victims? Because you're saying like, you know, random person number one wants to be a journalist, picks up a 20, 22K job at the Daily Mail, starts working with them and finds themselves having to work on these stories, even though they themselves aren't really politically biased in that kind of like right you know right wing let's say like as, a, as an example with the daily mail um direction to what extent would you say this person's to blame for even being part of that organization or is it just hapless victims because a lot of people like i've heard that a lot of especially that like younger staff at a lot of these newspapers aren't actually like anywhere as right wing as the content it's just no. um just putting out like you said what people want to see and yeah. There is that argument of, oh, we're just, we have to do our jobs, blah, blah, blah. But then there's also the argument that I kind of lean more to, and I think you know what kind of publication this is. Like, if you choose to get involved with something that demonizes certain groups of people and puts them at risk, you're playing a role in that, innit? You're not like a hapless victim. Yeah. No, I get you. And, and I think, not to interject in it, but I get, yeah. Sorry, just to play devil's advocate, like, I get what I was saying, like, I understand that, but it's also just like, I feel like. <laughs> we're also speaking from a position of privilege because it's like if you were that journalist who's come out of university and you're looking for your first break and it happens to be the daily mail offering your job personally obviously i feel like most of like we wouldn't take it but if you're in a position where you have to pay rent and you want to stay in london like people are gonna you are gonna take yeah, it like, because it's get another job in it like if it's the day you to say though get a job would you rather work for daily mail or work for as a in a grad scheme in like a random company somewhere do you know what I mean? Would you rather work for the Daily Mail or work for Audi or Tesco? It's one of those, your, one of those is like, I don't know, go on. I just think it kind of depends on on like your kind of like what you want out of the role. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of journalists like, so I my postgrad was in, in journalism and like where I did it, there was like, bro, so I never been in an environment like that. That was kind of like, it was mad. It was the first time I was exposed in, in my life to anyone from from Oxford or Cambridge. Do you know what I mean? Um, and there was like maybe about six or seven of them on the course, a bear of them and all these, like even these Russell group universities. I didn't go to no Russell group university for my undergrad. I went to some dead uni. Um, and it was just like all these oh, people, but my undergrad was dead. But um, <laughs> all these, all these um, yeah, all, they turned the issue into a mosque, you know, into a prayer room. It was actually wild. MashaAllah. Ma- I swear to <laughs> mad when it happened. I was like, what is going on? But anyway, um, <laughs> But anyway, it was mixed emotions, you know what I mean? It was weird. But what I'd tell you is, uh, yeah, so when I was on a course, like, the, the amount of, like, and you have to think about, like, you spoke about privilege earlier, like, I was I was not from the same background as, I promise you, about 98% of the people on that course. Um, only, like, and it was just, like, they had that privilege of of being able to choose those those 19 to 20 to 22K jobs, do you know what I mean? Um, and so that kind of said something in, like, how you can get a job whereas someone who has maybe a more like kind of has a different opinion on things because they grew up in in, in in maybe an inner city in an inner city home they might have a different kind of skew on things and maybe they would put their journalistic career in a different direction but when you're coming from out of london like most of these other kids did there wasn't many from london um and it was just like it was just like they, they had a passion for writing do you know what i mean they really enjoyed writing and putting stories together and it's like an art in like journalism believe it or not like in terms of like like conciseness um and and accuracy for whatever that means um and and that's kind of what they cared about and when and when you have to do like placement you have to do a placement like a like an eight week placement or whatever and and they were all doing a range of places and and the type of people they were and the things they spoke about and the things they were passionate about kind of like socially you probably would align with them but like I said they just wanted to write in it do you know what I mean and so to say it's their fault I don't know if it's their fault, it, they might be part of the problem, but I feel like they're a replaceable part of the problem. And when you start to blame the replaceable part as opposed to the actual the root cause of the problem. System. Yeah, then you're kind of lost, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one, but it's like, yeah, it's just different. The type of people who want to be journalists are different anyway. Like, you, you don't get many people like, like you, like, like you guys, like, you're, you're pursuing maybe more like, fruitful or like careers because growing up you didn't have a lot of money it's like all right well i've got to pursue this so i can make money for my family i've got to pursue this so i can be like economically stable because maybe i never was in my life and that's that's kind of one of my aspirations but when you grow up in a in a more economically free environment 
you can explore those creative industries a lot more because you know that you don't have to worry about the money. And so that's why you'll find these creatives being normally like on, on the whole, especially in London, these like middle class, like you go to Peckham like, or Shoreditch, the kind of creative hubs of London with all these artists and, and singers. And a lot of them are, are like white middle class, you know what I mean? Because they have the ability to explore that. Whereas someone else exploring that, like I got a few of my boys that are from are from ends and there, but they're and they're exploring it. But they're also working at Tesco on the side. My boy is driving a Waitrose van. Do you know what I mean? But he's also like an art at the same time. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like not everyone has that ability or that drive to do that. So it's just an avenue that is hard to explore for a lot of people. Hundred percent, man. I heard like a lot of these industries, like you said, like you know, you was exposed to bare people that went Oxford and Cambridge, especially like top jobs in journalism it's literally just Oxford and Cambridge. So when you go there, you get like a free pass, open doors, even like loads of people that are supposedly representing maybe the kind of people that, maybe the kind of groups of people that we identify more with or maybe where we come from, again, went Oxford and Cambridge. Do you know what I mean? It's like that kind of closed door, you need to know someone to know someone to get in thing, seems like much more like a reality in journalism. Like the thing that I do, um, like the course I study, there is a lot of nepotism and like, you know, not nepotism, but just more being middle class helps, but it's much more indirect than say journalism. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now there was a, there was a good show on this actually on BBC one called the price of inequality. And there was actually a girl who was from the, I think she was from the, she was up, I don't know where she was from, but she was, she was a white working class uh, girl and she was trying to get a job at the BBC. And it was just like, proven so difficult and she was saying exactly the same things that Daniel and you and that's sort of saying essentially like everyone that gets in is from Oxford and Cambridge everyone has connections and it's just all about knowing people that's if you want to get the jobs at like the big the big big places that's the truth bro that is the truth you've got to know people trust me and it's like the first time when I went in there they were telling me as well they were like it's about networking do you know what I mean it's about networking. Who you know? <laughs> I, oh, you better make- I hate, if I hate if I hate networking one more time. Networking is I hate the word networking. <laughs> yeah, like you have to think about social language as well. Do you know what I mean? Like when when you talk a certain way or you talk to talk about certain things, even like even like the way the three of us speak, or in even it comes to mm. things we talk about. Do you know what I mean? Or the shared experiences we have, even though all three of us are from like different parts of the world. Do you know what I mean? Like we can still have those similar conversations. It's the same as like we need to work networking in them type of environments when everyone was like an Uxbridge like graduate or Russell group and and did well for themselves. They're nice people, but there's, it comes to a point where you can't network with them, you can't communicate with them because there's a language barrier. Do you know what I mean? There is a definite language barrier there because you you can't talk about the same thing and the same joke, like because they'll be like, I don't understand that. Do you know what I mean? And so, how is networking even possible? I don't think. No, I, this reminds me. I've actually got a funny story. <laughs> So when I first joined um, Redacted, <laughs> and we had like a, it was like an intro. It was like a, we had like one of those classroom days. Actually, you know about them. Ones I know them ones. So we were we were all there in it, and this was when um you remember Big Shaq when he was a popper like popping popping. Yeah, what is that stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the man's not Can you say that again, please. I didn't hear it. The skr pop pop pop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Anymore. I was in India when it happened, so I missed the whole thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, you missed it. Bro, I was in India, yeah? No social media, no phone. I come back to the UK, everyone's just making noises. They're like, it's going to be bad. What are you doing? So I'm, I'm chilling in it and I make an absolutely A1 spectacular joke in it. So one brother takes off his jacket and then someone's like, oh, you're not hot. And I was like, man's not hot. <laughs> I'm expecting, I'm expecting a cacophony of laughs. It's been an orchestra of laughs. You know? People are looking at me confused. They're like, what, what, is, what's, what say man's not hot? What, what, what does he mean by this? What man? I was honestly thinking, like, how out of touch are Because I'm assuming, yeah, everyone's seen this in it because it has, like, hundreds of millions of views on YouTube. But I, honestly, and this is a thing that it takes, it's quite, I think it's quite difficult to adjust to. There's people who are just not even in the same sort of, like, world socially as you on the on like the internet or anything don't even see half the things you see don't talk about half the things you do don't listen to what you listen to don't talk the way you do and i was honestly so baffed i was like i thought literally everyone in the world had seen this and literally like we're in a room like 20 people no one no one no one got the joke that is mad but that's the, and that's the one until, until you're in it you don't even realize because when your world like your, your world like i know it sounds really obvious but your world is yours do you know what i mean like no one else has ever been yeah. involved, and so you assume that everything in your world is just universal do you know what i mean um, yeah. uh, but 
and and that's the whole point is that like when it shows those kind of like like disparities in what you think and what you've seen and what you've been exposed to, it's the same with the other mm. with the other guy, the guy from whatever part of the UK is from and whatever university he went to. It's a completely different world, completely different world. Yeah, and I can't lie. When you first get in them environments, you fully start doubting yourself as well. You're like, I'm the one that's like not funny. Like, I don't understand any of this stuff. Like, you know, when man, I'm making bad jokes about like rugby and like just I don't yeah, understand like. That's weird, like stuff that I genuinely wouldn't even remember right now, but just stuff that I didn't Johnny Wilkinson and them, man. Yeah, and I was just there, like, is it me? Like, I'm at an issue, I'm at a problem. And you don't deep until you get home, like, you take the train back to where you live, you meet your own friends, and you're more comfortable. You're like, I feel like a different, it's like a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Like, being around people that actually understand you a lot more. And that's, I feel like it's the first time you realize you're actually a minority. Hi. Like, you're actually a minority, like, we're in the minority. And I feel like you don't really realize that growing up because you could naturally gravitate towards people that are like you are like-minded but like obviously when you start work it's like the pool of people to choose from decreases significantly and majority of the time there isn't anyone like you there's literally no one like you at all in that building no one who looks like you no one who talks like you and it's it's such a shock because you walk in there and you're just like right like i have to adapt i have to act differently you know, no one here wants to yeah i wouldn't ask, ask what you're listening to no one wants to hear little baby no one wants to hear that <laughs> When someone says, <laughs> no one wants to hear that. If you're like, like a little baby, I, I feel that? like a 420 band old baby wants to hear a little baby. <laughs> She's there, like, but you know, as I that's interesting, you did though, like, proper interesting in terms of like, it makes you start to like doubt yourself, and that's the truth, isn't it? Like, yeah, you feel like, and that's and that kind of that's where it comes to like, kind of like a dead end for like a lot of people growing up in a certain area because when environments, when successful, like economic all successful economic environments are dominated by a particular type of person i that white middle so many environments you can think of in london where the jobs are like okay how do i get to the top how, who's it dominated by you're always the minority always a minority and so when you're doubting yourself in every single one of those environments how can you ever like have the confidence to kind of go for what you want to go for and do what you want to do in life do you know what i mean it just seems like a dead end every single time unless you're the most like resilient person in the world and like obviously we all like aspire to be that but it's just not it's just not the case sometimes yeah, 100%. I think it gets a strong case of imposter syndrome because even though like you're probably you're 100% qualified to do the job because you've got the job like it's a fact that when you get there the fact you socially don't fit in affects your work so much because you naturally when you make a mistake you assume like you assume the worst you always assume that whatever you're doing must be wrong yeah because you just don't fit in I feel the social side is so I feel like it's so overlooked like this kind of thing they don't, they don't talk about they don't teach you when you go to university when you talk just in general life like you don't get taught that when you're in an environment where you are the minority you are the odd one out mm. right no matter i heard yeah obviously like what i do now and like you know the kind of people that i'm surrounded by a lot now is people that went to private school if i'm being blunt and a lot of these people are quite sympathetic to like, the kind of things we're talking about and they're quite self-aware which i'm thankful for and i heard like i was having a conversation with like a friend who went to like a really posh like school like you know like paid a lot of money that sort of thing and he was literally telling me like at school they do literally get taught maybe not like directly but there is literally that 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 education of this is how you talk in life this is how you talk to be successful do you know what of i mean course. they kind of get pushed into, like, it becomes second nature of talking with authority and talking like you know what you're talking about and like, also, even when you don't know what you're talking about yeah. people like like you see you see you watch any like news TV in this around like politics and you see that the way the politicians talk, do you know what I mean? They're talking the same as you. Oh, I went to the same school as Boris. I went to, I, like we, we, we did the same things growing up. We, we have the same, our parents do the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. Therefore I can do what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you look at, if you look at Boris as a Brown guy, brother, you didn't, I didn't do anything. This guy did. I'm not, I'm not the same color as him. I don't talk like him. I don't have the same friends as him. I don't eat the same food as him. My hair don't look like his, like what, what, <laughs> Like what? I'm not saying I'm on. Definitely doesn't. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like how how you how you ever gonna like aspire to be something? There's no there's no there's no role models. You know what I mean? No role models. Yeah, it's, it's it's true. It's true. But I think there is a there is a massive disconnect that people don't really talk about that much. Is that like, you always like there is a lot of social mobility in terms of like getting into university, but then it's like the other side where mm. there's probably less help in actually getting getting these jobs. There is there are a lot of like organizations that help people from working class backgrounds get into like top graduate jobs and things like that but most people aren't aware of those sort of things and even when when you get to these places it's it's the journey isn't, hasn't finished because i'm saying you might have got the job but now it's like well you need to work your way up yeah like it, the journey hasn't finished and i feel like that's something that a lot of people 
But I don't, I don't know. I guess people don't really openly discuss it because a lot of people haven't haven't come across it. And then I think there is an also an element of like you don't want to complain too much about it because you're just like, well, you know, like if you've done well, you're kind of just like, well, I don't really want to be seen to be. I don't know, like feeling sorry for myself. Because yeah. you kind of stack it up a bit more. You know what the most jokes thing is when you deep that the person that's been talking bare like posh for so long doesn't actually know what they're doing. You're like, wait, a you're a fraud, cuz. Listen, if you've been seeing that, uh, my guy doing his garden for the NHS. <laughs> I allow it, man. <laughs> I got love for the guy. He seems like Bro. a great guy. I've seen the interview. It's heartwarming. But he shouldn't have to. Like, when it's not a charity, like, how does that money get distributed? I don't like, know. Who, who's responsible for that? It lands in Boris's Metro Bank. <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, like listen oh to be like obviously like what the guy's doing is wonderful and you can tell he's got a clean heart and he's a, honestly like you respect it a lot but my man shouldn't have to be doing that man's doing laps like it's pre-season now <laughs> like literally threw me back to being 15 running around the park <laughs> you got a PE teacher shouting at you no listen like obviously i don't want to do no misplaced anger in it like he seems like a great guy but he shouldn't have to do it they're going you know, you know what the worst thing was like you know when i saw it on the news yeah just before it was like you know governments you know, nhs hospitals are running out of ppe blah 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 the funding's not there then it cuts to the story of him yeah and the newscaster speaking and you see him walking in the background. I'm like, bro, the guy's struggling. He's got a frame. Get it. Put him back in his house. Yeah. Let him have a sit down. Let him have a coffee. <laughs> he's about to take out one of the Do you know what I mean? It's mad. 100. He still, he still um, turns better than Noble. 100%. <laughs> Maybe. Now, but listen, like, you know what the worst thing is? I saw in the news today, they're turning him into a mascot. He's cutting ribbons now. Now let, oh, let the man oh, rest. There's, there's this new thing opening. I can't remember exactly what, but there's this new like fundraiser centre thing. And they called him, I think they called him Captain Tom. They said, we've got him coming down. They're shoving him in a helicopter, flying him around the country, cutting ribbons for the NHS. Hey, what, about, what about this corona thing? What about the rona? Oh, bro. They need to let him rest. I say he needs to isolate. Just let him stay at yard. <laughs> Great guy in it, but you shouldn't have to do that. If, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. If it was my granddad, like I'd be like, I love you in it, but you shouldn't have to do this. It's not your job. Do you know what makes it worse? Matt Hancock's. Do you know what? Do you know what makes it worse? When people talk about this, yeah, and you get rafts of people be like, "Oh, don't politicize this. Don't turn it into a political issue. Yeah. It's literally a political issue. Literally." <laughs> No, you know what it is, yeah? Um, I can't lie. It's like, it's just the same as, uh, the, you know, clapping. Like, obviously, clapping outside your house is sweet. It was nice. But I see my hands hurt. Come out and like, my hands <laughs> come out and clap. I'm like, I'm tired, I'm tired bro. I'm tired. It's you. you. You're the person making these decisions. <laughs> Man's like, let's clap for these heroes that we can't do anything for. Yeah, we can. You know what that reminds me of, yeah? You know, a few months ago when there was um, the youth climate strike, when everyone was watching for, um, you know, like action on climate change and Justin Trudeau was marching. Why are you marching, fam? You're the person making the decisions. Go back to the office. And the worst thing is, like, I think he approved a year ago, like a massive, massive oil pipeline that's going to cut... He's a you though. Trudeau is a you. Why, why are you marching? Go back to the office and revolt that. Man's there just saying, I think he captioned it, he's saying, they have to listen to us. I'm like, you're the day. What's going on here? Don't make no um, It's working though, isn't it? Like, it's not working. Like, as, much, as much as we laugh yet, it's working though. Because people are genuinely out here like raising millions to NHS, which is wonderful and great, isn't it? Yeah. But they shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to. That's the thing, they shouldn't have to. And the worst part is, and what I worry about is, isn't it? If, once this all ends, that this is all pretty much going to get forgotten. And there's going to be this narrative of like, are oh, we all banded together to save the NHS? What? And, you know, we managed to get through this pandemic, but we shouldn't have had to do this. 
Like someone needs to hold, hold um, government accountable. And you know the worst part is, is people like Piers Morgan who are actually holding the government accountable. I, know, I was so baffed. So shocked. I don't like him. He's I don't like the guy, but I, I don't know what's going on. But the worst thing is like, they're doing this whole thing where it's like, oh, raise money for this, raise money. It's not a charity. It's like, it's, it's supposed to be funded by the central government. You get me? Like, it's not a charity. It's not something you raise money for. Like, man, are doing 5K runs, donating £5. You shouldn't have to. You pay your taxes. Branson's taking a good cut. You know, Branson, what did he do? He made people take that, like, eight-week unpaid leave. Like, just before he started that, yeah. eight weeks unpaid leave to help us get back on our feet. Now let me now let me do this app. This guy is like, bro, that guy's dodgy. He's dodgy. He's the shaitan right there. Bro, this guy, he applied for an NHS contract, yeah? And then when they when he didn't get the contract, like a private one, he sued the NHS successfully. So he took money from the NHS because he didn't like a decision about him not getting a contract. Then oh. after he sued them, I don't know if it was after before, but alongside suing them, he got a contract with the NHS. The profits from the contract that he got, he hid in a tax island and didn't pay tax on it. Bro, it doesn't make any... Pay your taxes. Man's making pages. Man's making pages saying, you man, run. I know people that were in set free PE, huffing and puffing. But man's sitting in his yard. <laughs> the man in the yard used to get lapped in it. Like, it's, it's even like, you know, the, the Duke, I don't know who this guy is, but I just saw the headline. The Duke of Wellington, which I'm not going to lie, I don't think is a real place. I think managers make exactly. him up. But the Duke of Wellington donated about 12 million to the NHS. And everyone was like, oh, 12 million. That's amazing. But when he inherited certain, so to dodge inheritance tax, he hid billions somewhere else. Don't put the 12 million in. Pay your tax, my guy. Don't make no sense. And then people in the replies, when people were calling that out, were like, oh, what have you donated? What have you donated? Huh? Five a year. What's, what's the five going to do? One mask here. One mask. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> Every week, man, yeah. Sorry, I was just clapping. I went out. Three wings. We're out in it. It's been a we've had it's been a good run. Back again next week.